This week on What's Up Welland, we are heading to the museum. Our guest, Lisa Mooney, executive director of the Welland Museum, is joining us today to highlight all things history, essentially, in the city of Welland. What are you looking forward to in uh, in sitting with her today? Yeah, Paul, I think just getting a better idea of what the museum here in Welland has to offer. What, what, what are they doing? What are they all about? You know, we, we know what a museum is, or theoretically what a museum is and, and what might, what you might find in there. But with our museum here in Welland, Lisa will tell us, right? What is in those walls? What what artifacts do they have? What type of exhibits do they carry? Like, I'm just looking forward to kind of hearing it because I haven't been in a museum or really thought about a museum for a really long time. So it'll be nice to, to connect in that way. Well, let's get to it. Joining Mark and I today is our friend from the Welland Museum, the first time we have been able to have a conversation with the Welland Museum, Lisa Mooney, Executive Director for the museum. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk. We know what a museum is, but we get to delve into what the Welland Museum is. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start right there. A museum... We know what that is by definition, but what is the Well Museum? What are those characteristics, hallmarks, trademarks that make this a pillar of our city, a special place that gets you passionate to walk in the door every day? Yeah, that's a great question. So the Wellen Museum is a community museum, uh, and then that we uh, the. Uh, province sets out rules for community museums. So the community museum is required to have both temporary and permanent gallery spaces. So we have the uh, fortunate ability to have rotating exhibits, um, whereas you might see something like a national museum have the same thing. So when you visit uh, the ROM, it's going to have the same thing this year as it had last year. We have spaces where we can change uh, information constantly. So our upper galleries are revolving exhibits. And our lower galleries is where we have our permanent collection. And our permanent collection really highlights the Welland experience. So we have information on the canals. We have information on businesses and industries that were in Welland or still are in Welland. And we also have a space that's curated in uh, conjunction with the Métis Council of Niagara uh, in our permanent space. So you mentioned the canal. Yes. as we all know, runs through the heart of the city. Yes. And 2024 is the 200th anniversary of the canal. Do you have anything up your sleeve that you are ready to share with us here today about what the museum is doing sure. for that? Or are we keeping things under wraps? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we are. Uh, there are some things that are still in the works. Uh, and then there are some things that are a little bit more planned. And obviously there is, uh, you know, like you said, it's the 200th anniversary. So this is a huge anniversary. Um, the Weller Museum, we're going to be highlighting it in several different ways. Our first one is going to be we run uh, camps. We have a March break camp coming up. And this camp is going to be junior engineers. So children will learn about the canal. And then we're going to construct different engineering projects, uh, somewhat related to how we have these four different canals. Or uh, some people say the fifth, if they call the bypass Um part of it, but just how one was constructed with wood and and, and how engineering uh, expanded. So we're going to be exploring that with children. And then we'll run that camp in the summer as well for people that weren't able to join in March. And we, with the um, 
So part of Welland is also joining museums of Niagara area in Mona and the Mona museums that are on the canal. So it's St. Catharines, Port Colborne, Thorold and Welland. We are going to be having a lecture series in November uh, describing different elements of the canal. So there's going to be some information about a presentation about the geography of the canals. There's going to be a presentation about the finances of the canals. Uh, at one point, the canal uh, company actually was bankrupt and it needed to be uh, purchased by a whole other conglomerate. And there's some really fascinating stories that come out of that. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we do have already a gallery space dedicated to the canal, but we'll be adding to that throughout the year as well. So that speaker series that you mentioned uh, for the municipalities, I think there's five, four, four. Um, is that going to be like a traveling roadshow? Will each site get to host a different speaker or is it the same speaker or yeah. what does that look like? So it's, uh, it's going to all four museums uh, in November and each museum is having a different presenter. Um, so we are going to be having Terry Hughes, uh, who is a uh, former teacher in Niagara. He was a teacher at Fitch Street when it was a senior public school. And his passion, he taught history, and his passion is on the canals and the rails, particularly as it relates to Welland. So he will be our presenter. Um, and different people from other museums are presenting uh, for them. So I like that you brought uh, Mona up because not only do we like a good pun on the show, yes. we love acronyms on this show, whether intentional or not. And so that's just that that's fascinating. And we well, for people listening, please check check that series out, especially as it's got that traveling roadshow component. So with the celebration of the 200th anniversary of the canal, that is coming on the heels of some other celebrations, some other anniversaries that the museum just had mm -hmm. last year was the Carnegie Centennial. What is the Carnegie Centennial? How was that something that as a museum, you marked in uh, in the city? Yeah, so great uh, question again. Uh, we are lucky to be housed in the Carnegie Building in the city of Welland. So uh, Andrew Carnegie was uh, uh, an industrialist who made quite a lot of money. Uh, at some point in time, he decided to share his wealth. Uh, and his project and passion was really related to libraries. And different cities throughout North America and even some in Europe ended up presenting grants. And Welland was lucky enough to get one of these granting opportunities. The Welland story of how our building unfolded is uh, pretty unique and interesting. Uh, and we were able to highlight that last year with a dedicated exhibit space with the original documents from between the Carnegie Foundation and the city of Welland. Uh, short story, we asked for the money in 1913. We didn't spend the money until 1923. And uh, the Carnegie Foundation got a little mad at the city of Welland for that. Uh, and so the library was housed in that building until 2005, uh, at which time they moved out over here to City Hall. And we moved in uh, and we've been there. So we wanted to celebrate that 100th anniversary of the building. So we did a couple of different things. Uh, one, we had uh, replica doors recreated to 
reestablish that grand entranceway that the Carnegie Building had. So the entranceway changed in the 70s for accessibility reasons, um, and the library put in a window facade where the entrance was. So we worked with Niagara College to recreate replica doors, and they did just a phenomenal job. It's uh, some stunning piece of work that they did. Uh, And so we had a celebration around there. We also had a... um, Roaring Twenties Fun Fair in the park in July, where uh, you know we had bouncing castles and games and cotton candy and some entertainment, and then our signature event was a 1920s uh, soiree and or the Centennial Soiree, which we hosted in September. Um, We were lucky enough to have Juliet Dunn come and perform, and lots of people dressed up as the 1920s enjoyed some really great. Uh, night. We had NB distillers provide um, refreshments of the liquid persuasion. And we also had um, Bridgewater Brewery supply the hors d'oeuvres for us throughout the night. So I remember the museum when it was once upon a time on Hooker Street. And just as you're talking about uh, the Carnegie building, I can't think of a more ideal location in the city of Welland for with the history of that building and the museum now living there it just it seems like a perfect perfect marriage of of history here in welland as you were describing uh the carnegie building you spoke to it being an exhibit and just jumping back to earlier in the conversation so you said the upper level are revolving exhibits and Mm -hmm. the lower level are more those permanent how far do your exhibits ever stretch so yes you are a welland historical museum but how far do some of those exhibits stretch in terms of geography or in terms of just sheer history? What what does that look like? Yeah, so um, the curators, uh, we have an acting curator right now, and uh, uh, because our other curator is on a maternity leave, uh, and we hope Emily is doing well with her twins, um, but they come up with a vision for the space. And the vision can be uh, very centralized uh, for some exhibits where we're really talking about uh, one specific even um, business in Welland. So one of our most historically successful exhibits was on Atlas Steel. Uh, So we might have something that specific and that uh, close to home. Currently, we uh, our brand new exhibit that just opened this week, Into Battle, um, focuses on a variety of wars. Uh, so the War of 1812, the World War One, World War Two, and the Fenian Raids. So in that aspect, we span, um, you know, a century of different information. And we're also talking about uh, things that happened in Europe uh, as well. So it's really just what pieces we have. And we always try to connect them to Welland as well. So although we're talking about the World Wars, where it happened in Europe, we're talking about Welland soldiers that were there. Um, or we have uh, uniforms from people that served who lived in Welland uh, on display. So we always try to connect it back to Welland, but they may span a very broad geographical or historical time frame. So with your exhibits, and I'll kind of put you on the spot for a bit of an elevator pitch, so to speak. So you mentioned, you know, right now, World War One, World War Two, War of 1812, etc. For today's potential visitor, mm-hmm. 
I could jump on the internet and Google what happened in World War One or who from Welland, you know, served in World War Two or whatever, right? That information is at our fingertips now more than ever. So what's the pitch? What's the value of visiting the museum to get whether it's a different perspective? No, I will let you answer. I'm not, <laughs> okay. not going to lead you into any answers. I'll let you answer. Elevator right. pitch. So for, I go you to get the museum. a different perspective. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. So one of the great things I, I believe that when you visit a museum, you have um, a connection to real artifacts. So when you're watching something on a screen, you don't have that connection. There's that lack of engagement that happens. When you're physically in the museum space, You there are things you can touch. There are things you can see with your own eyes. You can scope the depth of what, uh, you know, we have some ammunition and you can see the size of it for your own eyes versus a picture on a screen. Um, unique to this exhibit, we do have some uniforms that are in um, the way that you have to collect things. Uh, so we have um, Stephanie Maza is our collections and archives manager. And uh, she makes determination on if this is going to be part of our collection for exhibition or part of our collection for educational purposes. So we do have some uniforms for educational purposes, and you can actually touch them, you can try them on, and you wouldn't be able to do that uh, on the internet. So that's uh, we do try to increase, or we are trying to, as part of our new strategic plan, increase the interactivity with each exhibit as well. So uh, we have that great experience. Our current acting uh, curator is Christina Underhill, and she's put together this exhibit with those interactive features. There are true newspapers from uh, the day that Hitler died uh, that, you know, it's just seeing those things in person is just so much more um, enthralling than you would get when you uh, engage with them on the internet. She's also put together something we call Ali's Oddity Shop. So we do have a turtle at the museum that uh, is a big hit, and we've named this exhibit after her. Uh, and Christina did this wonderful job of taking different pieces that don't often get shown uh, because they don't match an overall theme. But there are also things that you just wouldn't get to see in general um, internet searches, perhaps. So my favorite piece in there is a survival plan for fallout in Welland uh, that somebody had in an office building. But when that office building was torn down, they really wanted to ensure that this survival plan survived. So they knocked out the drywall uh, to ensure that it came. And you should all know that if we take Forks Road for 103 kilometers, go to Norfolk County, we'll meet at the reception area, and we'll all be fine. Uh, there is no indication of where the fallout hits, uh, but this is our voluntary survival plan. So there's just all these very unique things that uh, you can see. And again, like being in the presence of them and smelling them and and being surrounded by them is just so much more captivating than you would see online. So admittedly, I haven't stepped foot in a museum in, oh, I don't even know how long. And if memory serves, and it probably doesn't, I don't recall the opportunity to touch things or try things on being available. Is that, it? Is it new? Has it always been around? Is it just, wow, Mark, you really need to get out to a museum and, you know, kind of reculture yourself here? It is, you know, because when we talk to the library, right, the library system has changed. You know, get loud in the library and there's mm -hmm. all like you can. It's not just about books. So is, is the museum, 
is it evolving in that sense too, where you can try a you know a World War II helmet on or or whatever the artifact is? Is that new? And I'm going to layer on to that. <laughs> or is that new to Welland? Is Welland trying something that other museums are not? So Go. I think that, yeah, <laughs> you know, this is sort of both, let's say. I think that uh, museums in general are, are trying to um, redesign how engagement works. And so for us as Welland, this is something a little bit more new to the Welland idea. There were things that you were always able to touch, but now we're trying to make sure that there is um, something in almost all the exhibits, certainly in the temporary exhibits where you can actually engage with uh, firsthand. And that level of engagement, we think, provides a better um, opportunity for you as a patron to the museum to experience history. And we think that that's really what the community would like to see, um, is those engagement pieces. So um, we're fortunate uh, to have um, the support of the city. And the city has provided us some funding to increase our opportunity for these levels of engagement. So you will start to see more with the museum. There are obviously things you'll never be able to touch, uh, somewhat for your own safety, uh, because of the way things have been treated. So um, the night 1920s, they really thought that hats should be treated with formaldehyde, for example, because why not? Uh, See, I was thinking like, don't touch that sword. You will cut yourself. But that's that's another reason not to touch something. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right? Like, it's the obvious thing. Sure, I'm not going to touch the bear trap, although lots of children ask. Uh, And but um, yeah, and we also have found out that some of the helmets from World War One in particular uh, have asbestos in them. So definitely, if you don't think you should touch it, or it doesn't say please touch in a museum, don't for your own safety absolutely Um, and then there is some artifact preservation that goes along with the lack of touching but increasing technology where you can um, pull up a map and zoom in on things perhaps um, or other pieces where you can actually interact. So Christina as well has, um, we've been gifted some firsthand diaries of people that served in the war. So you're able to f- um, flip through them as well. Uh, and we provide uh, magnifying glasses for your ease and comfort as well with those. So just always trying to um, modernize those things. So I'm going to guess that I can speak for Mark in that There's so much more we could be talking about today. There are so many, let's say, exhibits that we could continue exploring. But I'm going to say let's put a pin in that and look forward to when can we have the Well Museum back on? Because I have no doubt beyond the the exhibits that are are new coming through, there are so many corners that we can, can delve into and that this just warrants... I'm going to say multiple future future conversations and episodes to look into. Lisa, is there a last parting thought as we wind this episode down that folks should know about our Welland Museum? Uh, so, uh, can I do two thoughts? First, uh, we would love to have you visit. You can visit us uh, during our operating hours, but we also have a lot of special events that go on too, presentations on the weekend, or we do have birthday parties if you're interested in uh, having your birthday party at the museum. Secondly, since you're uh, lovers of good puns, uh, check out our gift shop uh, and our gift shop where we sell the uh, trademarked It's All Well and Good merchandise uh, at our gift shop. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We can look forward to other Well Museum episodes in the future. Thank you so much. 
So thank you to our guest today, Lisa Mooney from the Welland Museum for joining us on What's Up Welland to give us a uh, fantastic overview of what's happening at the museum, what's coming up, and overall just what the museum here in Welland is all about. So this is Lisa's, this is the museum's first time on What's Up Welland, but future museum episodes and all of our past episodes can be found at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Check us out and keep with us as the season unfolds.